Hey, beloved, I am so happy you found this community and I want you to know you belong here. Welcome to the Own Your Intuition podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Rich. I'm an international intuitive soul reader, psychic medium, herbalist, energy medicine practitioner, and educator. I work with people all over the world with my online events, courses, retreats, and my bespoke one-on-one intuitive readings and mentorships. I want to empower you and educate you to trust yourself and own your intuition so you can truly step into your power and really own your gifts as a self-healer. You can schedule your next session with me or register for an upcoming event, course, or retreat at my website, kellyrichintuitive.com. You can stay connected with me on Instagram at kellyrichintuitive. Hey there, I'm so excited to share this episode with you. I've been wanting to talk about non-toxic living and really detoxing your environment for a long time and I'm so happy that I have a guest on today to share so many golden nuggets with you. I would say my favorite thing of this episode is all the accessible ways, hint, they're free to detox your environment that are embedded in this episode. There are so many facts that Sophia drops and yeah, it might be a little hard to hear the the truth of really what's going on in our environment and it's getting more and more toxic as the, as the years goes on. This isn't meant to instill fear in you. My My hope with this episode is that it really empowers you to make some small changes that can really lead to big shifts in your lives. We talk a lot on this in this podcast about how to control your home and your sleep environment and the power of focusing on the energetics of your bedroom, right? The more you can empower your body's natural ability to restore, heal, and thrive, the more likely you boost the resiliency when you go back out into the world you can't control. Those are Sophia's words. And Sophia is my guest today, and she's described as a healthy home and clean living guru. She's the author of the critically acclaimed best-selling books, A to Z of Detoxing, the Ultimate Guide to Reducing Our Toxic Exposures, the Home Detox Workbook, Checklist to Eliminate Toxic Chemicals, and the EMF Detox Workbook, a checklist to recover from electromagnetic exposure. She really does have a balanced approach in eliminating chemicals, heavy metals, and EMFs from our home diet, self-care, and technology. I hope you enjoy this episode and would love to hear your thoughts on this. You can always DM me or send me an email. Instagram is at Kelly Rich Intuitive. And if you're looking to come to a course, event, or a training coming up or schedule your next session with me one-on-one, I am booking out a couple months in advance right now. You can always schedule at kellyrichintuitive.com. I look forward to sitting with you and getting to know you. Enjoy this episode. So before COVID, already the EPA was estimating that we spend at least 90% of our time indoors and that more of that indoor time is in our homes gives us even more opportunity to detox what we inhale and absorb through our skin because we have more control over our home environment and less control over our office environment and other places outside our home and work. But um, 
going to EMFs, it is really challenging because you can't see it. And for me, it's an area that kept popping up in my research of how to make choices like purchases that were less toxic. Um, and I, I felt like, oh, I can't dive down, start start that project and dive into that rabbit hole because I'm sure it's a really deep rabbit hole that's yeah. really convoluted. And it was. And through a series of events, it just kept popping up. And one event that stands out is I had uh, in two separate moments of my life, loved ones who were in the ER. And because of all the medical imaging involved, I later, I didn't think to question whether my loved ones should get medical imaging if the doctors were recommending it. But one time a pediatrician ran into the office and said, before your child gets the fifth CT scan of her brain, let me talk to the neurosurgeon and make sure it's really important. And that was very alarming to me that because that was a pediatrician saying, let's just pause and be mindful. Is this really worth the risk? And, and so there were other events like that, but that one was the most upsetting one where um, I started to accidentally realize that we're, we're exposed to man-made energy more than ever. And if we just remember that the iPhone was released in 2007, and if we just pause to think about all the other products, all the other wireless products that were created because the, the iPhone was so embraced by everyone, we now have wireless TVs, wireless refrigerators and ovens and printers. And it really is endless, including children's products and baby products. And it was, I think, just the parallel of realizing medical imaging has skyrocketed over the past few decades. And it starts at an earlier age than ever. And that we live around wireless energy more than ever. And it's just like, it's, it's, impossible for the mind to really comprehend how drastically different our energetic environment is now. Um, but over many years and many experiences, it just started to make a lot more sense. And as I was learning about our unique vulnerabilities to chemicals and heavy metals from what we buy, own, and do, as I started to understand our biological vulnerabilities it, that was really good groundwork for me to understand our risks to the man-made EMFs. And science has become really strong about the health risks to these EMFs. And they're so strong that there were two lawsuits filed in early 2020 uh, by two nonprofits that include the most esteemed scientists in this field, um, but they were filed against the FDA for refusing to update their safety standards from like 1996 wireless standards. So we're getting there, but if you, like in my book, A to Z of Detoxing, I have a, a section on track records. And if uh, it explains the track records of 
these manipulative business strategies that were started by Big Tobacco. And they were so effective that so many other industries ended up adopting these strategies to delay regulation because the longer they can delay regulation, the more money they make. And so it's been used by proven in the courts, in the legal system to be used by the tobacco industry, the lead industry, asbestos, flame retardants, and others. And so I just feel like this is really helpful information for consumers because when you get confused about conflicting science and conflicting expert opinions, sometimes that has been or is a result of an intentional strategy. And, um, and so it actually was very empowering information. You're right, like to bring attention to the fact that our energetic environment is unlike ever before. And what really upset me was it's 24 yeah. seven and I can control my home even more so I can control our sleep environments. Because depending on how big your home is, that can be overwhelming. If you live in a small New York City apartment, not a big deal. Your sleep area is sort of like your living and work area too. But if you have a bigger home and you have kids and a busy life, then it can be overwhelming to think about your home. But if you can just focus on your sleep area, that's generally about a third of our lives. And sleep is so powerful to heal and detox and restore. So the more you can empower your body's natural ability to restore, heal, and thrive, the more likely you, you're just boosting the resiliency of when you go back out in the world and you're around things you can't control past couple years with this topic of non-toxic living is I got really, really overwhelmed in the beginning because I looked around and I was like, wow, there are a lot of things that I can't control. I live in a city. I live so close to neighbors. Who knows if I'm picking up on their, their wireless routers, these small changes that I started to make filters. Okay. Looking at why am I using these headphones? Can I use them less? Can I use these ones instead? What are, what am I using on my body? right? What are the lotions and the creams and the makeup and the clothes that I'm wearing? Not only do they hold energy, right? In my world, everything is spirit energy, but I also see things as holding a vibration. And when I started to change out my products, I can honestly say that I felt a different vibration from them. When you first started out on your journey, did you get really overwhelmed when you started to look around and you were like, oh my gosh, I've been <laughs> like kind of sitting in this, like almost like a toxic landfill. That's kind of how it felt for me anyway. Absolutely. I started learning about this in 2007. I had been healthy my whole life. I've always been interested in how what I ate served my body. I would get excited when I learned about antioxidants and berries boosting my eye health. Like from fourth grade, I remember being so excited by that kind of information. And so ever since I could, I started reading about how nutrition could serve my body, all my body parts, I've just naturally been on that journey. It was just naturally interesting to me. And I've always naturally been drawn to vegetables and fruits and light foods. I never really liked meat before 
my second pregnancy. So I grew up thinking, and I was considered like the healthiest person around because I stood out for really, for eating very clean, well, as clean as I knew how to back then and for exercising a lot. Yet I always felt really bad. And I just thought that's my normal. And I often was thinking, what's wrong with me? Why do I feel so low energy when I eat so well and exercise so much? And so it wasn't really until I became a mother and had an infant. And I'm so struck by my daughter's biological vulnerability as an infant that I, I, um, when I first started re-encountering information about environmental toxins, that it landed in me differently. It come up here and there in my childhood, like air pollution or I remember one time, I think I was in seventh grade, I was in the kitchen with my mom and my younger brother, and I opened the kitchen cabinets, we're just chatting. And I was so delighted by these new plastic cups. And I just took it out and filled it up with water. And I was going to drink from it. And my mother said, No, no, I haven't washed them yet. And I said, so what's the big deal? And she said, there might be chemicals in it. Don't drink, don't drink from it. And I just rolled my eyes and thought, you're so paranoid. <laughs> um, and so it, when I had a baby, it, the chemicals and, and becoming informed about how they participate in our biology made me care about this very differently. And so I was learning about that, for example, since World War II, there have been over 84,000 chemicals introduced into American commerce, and a wow. small fraction of them are regulated. It's like, you know, the numbers vary what I see, but I see numbers from five to 12. I mean, oh shockingly gosh. low numbers. And when you realize that overwhelming number, and never mind the volume for each chemical. Right. Like there are a class of chemicals known as high production volume chemicals. And I think um, they are produced in at least a million pounds or something like that. And the amount of pounds of chemicals introduced into the United States every day is just impossible to comprehend. It's like 74 billion pounds, something like that. It's in my book, A to Z of Detoxing. And you know, so I'm learning all of this while uh, taking care of an infant and later on having two more children and nursing. And every time, just like I was so interested in learning about how food served my body as a child while pregnant, I was super interested. So I would read the pregnancy books of, oh, this week the heart is developing and, and this week the brain is developing. And then I would eat the foods that I thought would support those organs. And it's so it's with this really good intention and dedication to do anything to give my children the healthiest start that I started learning about all this overlooked pillar of health that I really wished I knew sooner. And to then finally, I think it was my second pregnancy, I learned that the Environmental Working Group in, in collaboration with the American Red Cross studied cord blood from 10 American babies. And in this cord blood, they found an average of 287 industrial chemicals and hundreds cause like cancer, neurodevelopment issues. It, I mean, it's just overwhelming the results of the study. 
And it was heartbreaking because I'm learning this as I have a baby in my belly and I'm feeling like, what do I do? How do I protect my child? And it took me too many years to learn just because you're exposed to toxic chemicals doesn't mean you're necessarily going to get sick. So just because you're exposed to a cancer causing chemical doesn't mean you'll necessarily get cancer. There are so many complex factors that go into our health and health outcomes. It's both genetic and non-genetic. And actually the non-genetic factors have a really great influence. It's generally the stats I've seen, it's way more than 50% influence by the non-genetic factors. So that's a myth. A lot of people think mm -hmm. it's just genetics, but right. that's actually not true. A lot of the non-genetic factors, like what we eat and what we put on our skin and our stress and our joy, that affects our genetic expressions. And um, Anyways, I just, I wanted to insert, because this can be upsetting, just because you're exposed to bad things doesn't mean you're going to get sick. Um, so you, you just want to outweigh the good with the bad. And that's how I'm always thinking about things is like risk reward and the balance. So I really want my children to be brought up in a home that is joyful and, mm. and relaxed. And I just try and protect what they're born into, like what they're, what children are born as, which is just so pure mm -hmm. and perfect. I try and protect that for as long as I can. Um, and, and so it's been interesting to, to, to know as much as I do and have three daughters. <laughs> um, but I, I always just say, I always focus on when it's easy to make a healthier choice, let's do it. And when it's not convenient or we're at a party, we're celebrating, or it's just a really fun moment, let go and just enjoy the moment because that's really important too. So I really want to empower people with the right information or the best information we have today. It, it changes all the time as scientists learn more things so that when someone puts in the effort to make a healthy choice, they just have a more complete understanding of what that means. You mentioned something earlier about you feel the vibrations of things. And I just wanted to comment on them because I really encourage people and I lay this out in my workbooks to, to remove a toxic exposure one thing at a time as an elimination diet. And so in the home detox workbook, like cornerstone one has a list of symptoms that have often been associated with sick building syndrome. It's a syndrome that has been written about or published about by the EPA. And um, in the EMF detox workbook, I list all these symptoms that scientists have been studying in, in um, EMFs having a role in these symptoms. And there's so much debate and noise about you know, what causes what, when really never is there really, unless there's an, an acute exposure, it's never one exposure causes one outcome. It's really like um, the perfect storm of many things. But just like most people are familiar with an elimination diet with food, like dairy or nuts. And let's just take dairy. You may be, uh, 
you can't appreciate how much better you'll feel until you've eliminated it for at least 21 days. Mm-hmm. And then after you re-expose yourself and it triggers symptoms, do you learn information? You learn how your body reacts to dairy. And, and so I really encourage people to eliminate their toxic, to eliminate their toxic exposures as an elimination diet in a really conscious way. And even journaling and these workbooks cause and affect relationships they notice because with over 84,000 chemicals in just America and one to 3,000, 1,000 to 3,000 new chemicals introduced every year. And every country has its own experience. Like the European Union has over 140,000 chemicals. Um, we can't rely on our brain and a long list of chemicals to avoid to effectively protect us. But really, if we can learn to listen to our body and the symptoms and our senses, then that can help tremendously so that our brain can then work on other things. You know, we, we should work on listening, getting informed and also listening to our body. So for example, it took me like a year to eliminate fragrance from my home. You know, when I first learned about all the hazards of fragrance that it can contain up to hundreds of chemicals in just the term fragrance, but it's impossible to know what's in fragrance because manufacturers are not required to disclose the ingredients. Scientists have found that a lot of the ingredients are toxic. So it's just a risk. Some fragrance might be harmless, some are harmful, but it's really impossible for a consumer to know. And, and so I learned this when I had an infant. So I read all my product labels with cleaning and got rid of everything with fragrance. And then later I learned, oh, I guess, uh, I guess they're in beauty products and fragrance. Duh, I should have known that sooner. And then I got rid of everything. And it took a while to learn that it's in so many other things. It's like, it can be in athletic gear. It's in our garbage bags. It's in it can be in like mattresses, like especially like t- um, crib mattresses and toys. Like I remember I was so shocked when like 18 months after I started trying to get rid of all fragrance products, I was putting my daughter to sleep in her crib mattress. And I'm thinking, what is that smell? Why is there a baby smell? And I realized that the doll that my mom got her smelled like, you know, was scented to smell like a baby. Oh my gosh. And so it really, like if you dig into what fragrance is in, Mm -hmm. it's in such a long list that it's very, it's a high impact thing to focus on because it'll get rid of a lot of risky products that are risky for more reasons than just fragrance. But, um, but I, so I went fragrance free in my home. Didn't notice an improvement, didn't notice feeling any different. But then once I started going out in the real world more after my children were a bit older and I was in an airplane or a hotel and I was around conventional cleaning products, they would trigger symptoms like itchy eyes and the stuffiness in my nose and like this irritation in my lungs. And I immediately thought, oh, this used to be my normal. I forgot. I didn't even realize this was my normal and it must have been associated with fragrance exposure. And so that's just one example of how 
I now and others can learn to rely on their body's reaction to alert them to when they're around something that is stressful for their body. There's so many things that you're triggering inside of me right now. And this has been a topic that I've wanted to bring on the podcast for a long time. And as you're talking about perfume, I know in our call a couple months ago, we talked about this and when I took away the expensive designer perfumes, I would, I used to have like a tray of them and I would display them out and these, you know, these beautiful looking bottles and which one am I going to wear today? It was a, it was a thing. And when I took them away and then I was around people who not even on my body, on someone else's body, on someone else's clothes, or just being a few feet from them, not even hugging them. I would start sneezing. My eyes sometimes would get itchy. I would just feel this discomfort in the back of my throat. I just felt uncomfortable. Um, When I was seeing clients in person for readings and, and whatnot before COVID, I, if someone was wearing a lot of cologne or perfume, it was rare. I never had to really tell someone to leave, but I might've shifted my chair or I might have created more space between us because it was so distracting. And that really made me realize it's not that I wasn't intuitive in the moment or I wasn't getting messages about the person or I couldn't do my job, but it was a distraction. It was a very clear distraction from what needed to be done in that moment. And it brought up this concept of how are toxins and and toxicity in our lives, like the physical ones that you're talking about, all these, these tens of thousands of chemicals, hundreds of thousands of chemicals that really haven't either been tested in the United States or they have been tested. Maybe it's there hasn't been enough research or there isn't money being put in the research because it means we have to change. So my question to you, is really to your heart is what do you feel when you filter through this concept of tox toxins and intuition? And do you feel like they can be a distraction to someone's own essence or their own energy and their own intuition? They absolutely are a distraction. And as you were explaining your experience with being re-exposed to fragrance, other people's fragrance. It, um, you know, I just, it, it made me think of, just think about how maybe numbed you were mm. before you eliminated the fragrance from what you could eliminate. And, and I think that's a really, that's probably a really good thing to just think about. Like if, you're born into a home. I mean, we're just all this science on the health risks of these toxic exposures is really new. And so when we were growing up, our parents didn't know any differently. And the chemical explosion was really very new. And it's so exciting to have products that could bring so much convenience to our homes. Like I still remember the TV dinners and what a treat that was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was such a treat. And I could have a TV dinner or a canned like dinner from like, you know, the canned foods, like the SpaghettiOs. Um, that was such a treat because normally that was like the last resort that might um, for a meal, but that was normal. And so 
you know, we've grown up in this toxic environment every year. It got more and more toxic and now layered onto the chemicals are the EMFs. And we're also more sleep deprived than ever and more unhappy than ever, probably because of technology and <laughs> comparing ourselves to what we think our life should be. Um, there are just so many more burdens on our health and well-being. And I just think to survive, you you get numbed out and your system, whether it's physical, spiritual, emotional, it's exhausted. We're all exhausted. And the more you can clean your baseline, which let's say that's your bedroom, let's say that's your sleep, the more you can just focus on making your sleep a really honored ritual to restore all parts of you, the more you want to expand that to other areas of your life. And it becomes an organic process and it's not led by fear. It's, mm. and I think the knowledge learning more always inspires change. Like I forget lots of things and I get lazy because I'm just tired having slept the kids around and now I have to think about dinner and so I love having to keep on researching things for my interviews and podcasts and articles and workshops because it re-inspires me. Like I want to go back to my baseline of how to live and how I live has very much become a spiritual mindfulness practice. And and I do it because I feel better and it really aligns so many other things in my life. Like just for example, because of my values with minimizing my children's exposures to EMS and because of the parameters that are now in place, like always put wireless devices on airplane mode when you don't need the wireless connection. And we're still working on putting the technology to bed. You know, there's like, they have a, there's a tech home and every night before we go to sleep, everything goes back to this place, Wi-Fi off. And, but even those simple things helps reduce their exposures on social media, surfing the web, um, all the other things, technology, like all the other um, stimulations of technology that will contribute to unhappiness and depression, they're automatically kind of kept in check because my children know that we just have a home that values boredom without technology. And even just last night, my 13-year-old, my three daughters, they're 13, 11, and eight, and now they have three friends who are three sisters over they've been obsessed working around the clock on scripting a play and my daughter last night was saying uh i said it's amazing to see you six get along so well and work so hard on this play on the script and she said you know it really came about because you forced us to be bored and it's because we have not because i asked why are you all so into it is it because of the storyline or something else. And she said, well, it's because we have nothing else to do, <laughs> but they're really into it. So that's just one example of how this lifestyle, which I think would benefit so many people, can align so many other things in our modern world that really does make us unhappy. And it helps create some structure 
around an inundation of, of like images and messages from others about what then confuses what we think our life should be and how we should feel and what we should do for work. Um, yeah, so it's been very, even though it's been very difficult to learn more, at times I've now got arrived at a place where it's like given me as much as yoga gives me, as much as meditation gives me. And when I'm able to have moments of doing things perfectly, which I'm lucky when I have the moments, it's not, I'm always perfect. Um, and I just embrace when I can't be perfect. But when I have these moments, it really is almost like a mindfulness moment. It's a mindfulness activity. So um, being able to simplify our, our lives with just um, this clean baseline has been extraordinarily rewarding. If you are looking to take the podcast to the next level and really walk your talk of owning your intuition, join me for the Own Your Intuition online retreat. Once you are registered, you receive instant access to this unique offering for 60 days. You'll learn ways to connect to your intuition, expand your light body, and tap into your gifts, as well as learn tools to protect your energy as a powerful self-healer and empath. There are eight sessions as well as a welcome letter and supplemental PDFs to guide you along your powerful journey. You can head to the show notes to register today for access or head to kellyrichintuitive.com because owning your intuition is a journey, not a destination. And you don't have to do this alone. When we can't allow ourselves to be bored or embracing the moments where all of our senses don't need to be act, like 100% activated is where we can really see not just the truth of who we are, but the truth that wants to move through us. And it just sounds to me like that play feels like a truth that wanted to move through them that was really birthed through this ability to create space. And I really feel like we are living in a time where we are addicted to filling our time and addicted to filling our space with anything and everything because we have this feeling of deprivation when we're alone. It's that there are, we're, we're, there are so many children who actually don't know how to be alone. There are adults who don't know how to be alone. And I really feel like it's in the moments of aloneness where we can really birth our creativity. And I'm so happy that you you brought that up. But I, I really wanted to ask you, because I know we have we only have a little bit of time left. I wanted to bring up the topic of money and income when it comes to clean living and cleaning up our environments. And I'm just wondering like your thoughts on this. And for those people who might not have the money to just like throw away all their products because I know that I didn't even a couple years ago. It was like, I just did one, one thing at a time. Like I did my makeup and then I did my cleaning products and then I started working on my clothes and then we got a new mattress. We didn't go out and just throw all our shit away. It was this slow progression. So I'm just wondering if you have any other tips or thoughts or feelings around this as a whole. I feel like I just blabbered a lot at you. 
I am so excited you brought this up because I, I, it's important to me that I break this myth that clean living is expensive. Mm-hmm. And so I've been at my detox academy, I've been releasing pillars of practical non-toxic living, releasing them, they're sequenced so that the least expensive and the easiest to adopt are first. So pillar one is home detox, and it helps you detox air, dust, hands, water, and sleep. And it's, I wanted to be able to show people there's so much you can do that won't cost anything or much at all. And so, for example, some really high impact tips are most people don't realize, it took me a long time to realize that indoor air tends to be at least two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, even in the most industrialized cities. And when I realized that, because I live in New York City, and so I just, I never open the windows, especially my children's bedroom, thinking the pollution outside was not a good thing to let inside. But then to realize indoor air is more polluted to then open your windows when outdoor air quality is good is a really great way to detox your indoor air. And there are certain times when indoor activities indoors will create indoor air pollution. And so during those times, it's especially important to think about ventilation. Um, And so for example, whenever there's combustion, whenever you're burning anything that will pollute the indoor environment. So if you're cooking, make sure you turn on the ventilation. Such a simple thing, but I see so many people not do it. And even though I say it all the time to my husband and he's really good about it 90% of the time, he forgets too. And and um, if you're, if the fireplace is burning, you know, just be aware that you want to think about the indoor air quality. And so maybe crack open the window and use air purifiers if that's in your budget. Um, if you're burning candles, you know, that can be, that's a source of, of indoor air pollution. So you can either detox your candles um, or don't burn them or just burn them burn clean candles when it makes you really happy because maybe it's like a special evening, but crack open your window or air it the next good opportunity you can. Um, Another high impact tip is that we bring in a lot of toxins through the bottom of our shoes. We'll bring in like coal tar, which is a carcinogen, but it's used in the pavement of roads. Um, Pesticides that even pesticides banned decades ago. Um, So leaving the shoes at the door, I mean, ideally they don't come in the house, but I haven't been able to set that up. But there is a study by the EPA that's sometimes referred to as the doormat study. And it found that, um, uh, I mean, I have details in my book, but uh, some key things are if you have a large doormat and a certain type of um, traits with the doormat, you wipe the bottom of your shoes on the doormat and leave your shoes near the entrance, it can reduce lead dust by up to 60%. And that's just lead. So these are these don't cost anything. Right. And they can have a big impact. And wow. the EMF, pillar two is EMF. 
detox. And also most of those tips cost nothing. It's behavioral change and it's so important. What would you say are like the top two or three tips that you have for the EMF part? Well, I, what I see from people I'm around is that airplane mode can be used more. And I think if you just start with the habit of using airplane mode, when you go to bed, you know, you won't, I mean, ideally you turn off your, your wireless devices to turn off your cell phone is a big ask for a lot of people, especially in New York city. And if you have certain jobs, it can be hard, but, and even for me, like I don't need it on, but it's a big ask for me. So I disable, I make sure airplane mode disables wireless, cellular, and Bluetooth. And you want to confirm those three things are disabled because software upgrades can change it. So in the past, airplane mode always disabled all those things for me, but now they don't. And even, and it changes with software upgrades. So just confirm, you know, it's uh, with just, uh, the press of a few buttons or one button, you disable all wireless activity. And and just start with, take the time to make that a habit and see if you notice what changes you notice. A lot of people notice they sleep better right away. So the wire, some studies have found that the wireless radiation undermines your sleep quality. It can interfere with melatonin and other things. So just experiment because maybe you just sleep so much better. You don't, you know, you look forward to turning airplane mode on. And, and then from there, like in the EMF detox workbook, I, and then I also have an online program where if you don't want the workbook that you get the checklist, it just lays out all these other opportunities that you you don't realize you could use airplane mode and you won't miss it. And let's say it's family dinner, you know, that can be really hard, but take the time that it needs to make that a habit. And then the presence and connection during family dinner or a date or, you know, whatever, you know, lunch or dinner with a friend, just like what you get out of it is so much more meaningful. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That was a great reminder for me. And turning off the Wi-Fi, I feel like I've had a really challenging time trying to convince. It really feels like I've been trying to convince and maybe that's why it's been a challenge. <laughs> My partner of why we turn off the Wi-Fi at night. And I'm wondering if you have any advice for me and anyone else out there that really does want to improve their living spaces and really dive into this kind of lifelong journey of practical non-toxic living and help their partners come on board. So of course, this is super challenging. And <laughs> if we're lucky, we don't have alone. Um, and I, I have a few things to say. One is, I don't think we can, we should expect anyone to change, mm-hmm. change anything, whether, you know, anything at all, you know, fill in the blank, but you can't expect people to change. Um, I, and I really make my ask very small and just be really 
forgiving and non-judgmental of the fact that behavioral change is really hard. And how long it might take me to change is not how long it'll take my husband to change or my children. And so I just really hold that to my heart so that um, we're all just moving forward, (laughs) you know, and we'll move forward at individual paces. But um, I have lots, I think having lots of conversations about what is so interesting about what you just learned is for me how I proceed. So I I talk about whenever it feels like a moment where whoever's in the room, whether it's my children, my children and my husband, or just my husband, whenever I feel like they're open to receiving something, I'll just share something I found so interesting about the science I learned or a conversation I had or how I felt or what someone else told me about the cause and effects they felt because over time they, they will want to change. And it helped me a lot to learn from um, the former Dean of the school of public health at Brown university, who did a lot of research on how cigarette smoking was bad for us. This was like in the 60s or 70s. And she would visit doctor's offices to teach the doctors about the latest research to try and help the doctors convince the patients to quit smoking. And after a while, a lot of the doctors were saying, my patients aren't listening to me. I told them about all the health hazards. They could get lung cancer, but no, they don't give up. So I don't even know why I should try. And she said, the research shows that a patient has to hear the message at least seven times before they will consider changing. And that helped me so much. And she said to these doctors, you may not be the seventh person, the seventh voice for a number of your patients, but you have to be among the seven. Recently, I stayed at a family member's house. I was house sitting and you know, they use products I don't use and candles I don't burn and detergent I don't use. And it was really hard on my senses and my body and I felt it. And I also feel judgment from those same people when they come to my home and they wonder why I have different soap or I don't burn certain candles that I always used to burn and that my family all my family use the same brand of candles for as long as I can remember. So I'm just wondering, you know, before we end, if you could share your experience with any judgment or um, criticism even, or misunderstandings, I think would be the, the more appropriate term for this when you decided to start changing your life. It reminds me of when my husband and I went through a period of going vegan for health issues my husband had. And we would just tell people we are eating vegan. We weren't judging anyone else, but they started like feeling judged just by us saying we eat vegan now with the toxic exposures and choosing cleaner products. It's a similar reaction when people realize I care about this, then they get uncomfortable and they feel judged, even though I really am not judging anybody. 
And all you can do is focus on yourself and, and not really other, what other people do is really none of, I feel it's none of my business. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, and you can't care about what everyone thinks. And I think if you just, eventually they'll realize you aren't worried about their business and what they do, but this is just how you live your life. They will come around too. And if I, you know, so I just wanted to clarify with your partner, like with my husband, I'm, my ask for him is airplane mode on his cell phone when it's, when we're going to sleep or like it's a meal, whenever it's not necessary. It's the one thing I focus on with my husband. And now I have my children. They are, they're having a really fun time chucking his phone all the time. (laughs) (laughs) They're like my eight year old is the police. Um, But, um, but so many people, it maybe took, uh, it was, it went from immediate to like three years to five years to seven years. People have come to me saying, because of you, I now wash my dishes with this soap. And because of you, I now like do A, B, or C. And that will happen for you and any listener. You will slowly change the world by just changing yourself. Mm-hmm. I agree. Thank you so much. Do you have any final wisdom or anything you want to share? The only thing I'll end on is this is such a rewarding path. And there are so many scientific reasons that argue for why you should reduce your toxic exposures and live a practical non-toxic lifestyle. But even not considering the science, you'll feel better. And it, it just is so grounding and it's so like, there's so many benefits that are similar to yoga. Like you realize how little you need to be happy and that you feel better, better energy, better emotional well-being with less. Um, and you spoke earlier about the vibrations of the more synthetic products Remember that a lot of these synthetic products are made from petroleum-based ingredients. And petroleum comes from really old fossil fuels. So yes, you're putting dead things on your body, in your home. It's in our diet. And the more you learn, the more you can just remove these dead things and connect more with the living things, the really high vibrational things. Beautiful. Can I ask you one more question? Of course. You have time. All right. (laughs) Blue light. Do you, I know there has been an uprise in purchases of ring lights, especially since COVID and people are home and they're online and they're marketing and people are on social media even more now than ever. And I know when I use a ring light, I start to feel weird. That's the best way that I can describe it. If I have it on for too long, my eyes start, my vision kind of changes in a subtle way. My head feels weird. I just feel weird. And it takes me sometimes even a half an hour to kind of come back to normal. I know that sounds really weird to say, but I don't have the language yet. I don't really understand it yet. And I'm wondering if you've experienced this, if you have any thoughts on this, and then my final piece of that is, if so, have you found a ring light or even a light that is more 
beneficial to your aura and to your senses and to your energy field? I rarely use the ring light I have. I think I used it once because it was night and very dark and I had like a workshop, but uh, my favorite light is natural light. Just trying to be by (laughs) the window. (laughs) Um, And I know that's not always possible, but that's what I do. Mm -hmm. And also to your question, my, my instinct, it's not like I'm a scientist on this or have read much science on it, but really every stimulation we come across, whether we see it or not, triggers a chemical cascade in us, a biochemical cascade, so that you feel weird in front, in front of a ring light. That doesn't surprise me. It's emitting light wavelengths Mm -hmm. that triggers different, like, you know, your eyes receive it, your, I don't know what might happen with your skin, but then there is a biochemical cascade and hormones get released as a result. And so that's why it's just so good to be curious about these cause and effects. And uh, the only research I looked into with light is recently someone was telling me that and she spends a lot of time in front of her computer, the skin around her eyebrows start tingling and her skin's very, she's, she's been having skin issues and she's been working with a nutritionist, but like she just noticed that a lot of time from the laptop would trigger um, tingling, but around her eyebrows. And she asked if I knew anything about it. I had never heard that that before, but I looked into it. I was so curious. And then I found articles saying that there is preliminary science that the light from our digital screens can maybe contribute to premature aging, like hyperpigmentation and just because it loosens and weakens the cells in our skin. And that actually just resonated as making sense for me. Like I've had a lot of hyperpigmentation around my eyes and I, they almost look like quotation marks. <laughs> I, I mean, I have cover up now, so you can't see it, but um, I just, I kept wondering, is it artificial light from something like the screen? And in general, given everything I've red, I, I try and really minimize artificial light when I don't need it. Um, especially at night, you know, my husband's not on that wavelength yet. Um, so I just do it when I can, but I notice it makes a big difference in how I feel. Me too. Yeah. My, I bought real blue blockers. I know a lot of them are kind of just trash. They don't really block as much blue light as we thought they did. And the ones I have are they're orange lenses. I have a fan in my room, and if it's not on a certain mode, it has a blue light that comes out. And when I have the glasses on, I can't see the blue light at all. Like the okay. blue light doesn't even exist. Mm-hmm. And as I've been wearing them, when I don't wear them is when I actually feel the benefit of going back to them. Okay. Just kind of like what you were saying about the elimination diet of even toxins. That That's kind of been my experience with the – glasses at night and using our red light at night and really trying to minimize screen time at night. I, I'm so on board with that. And it even just made me think about our screens and maybe as more studies come out, hopefully in the next few years or decades that we'll have some kind of prevention from how the light 
comes into our field, whether it's a barrier of some kind or change in technology, but I'm, I'll remain hopeful. I guess. There's a free app that I really like for your laptop. And I, I haven't been able to get it to work on my iPhone for some reason, but it's F dot L U X. Um, but you can down. Yeah. I, I heard of it years ago and just last night I downloaded it on my 11 year old's laptop and you um, it's free and you immediately can feel the relief in your eyes. Oh gosh. Yeah. F dot Lux. Yes. I believe that's it. I, if it's not, I'll, I'll send you the right URL, but it's really helpful for the laptop. Do you want to share where everyone can find you? Yes. On Instagram, it's at Ruan Living, R-U-A-N-L-I-V-I-N-G. And my website is also ruanliving.com. My educational hub, which you can get to through Ruan Living, is nontoxicliving.tips. Beautiful. It's been such a pleasure to sit with you, Sophia. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks for having me. What an honor to have you a part of this growing global community. Thank you for your loving presence. You can schedule your next one-on-one intuitive reading or mentorship with me or register for an upcoming event, training, or retreat at my website, kellyrichintuitive.com. You can stay connected with me on Instagram at Kelly Rich Intuitive, and both of those links are right in the episode notes. I can't wait to meet you. If you got something from today's show, please support the Own Your Intuition podcast by hitting the subscribe button and write a five-star review. You can also share with your loved ones. Next week, I'll be back with a fresh new episode.